episode two of this season, we're actually kind of bringing things down a little bit, but also hopeful. We're going to talk about mental health and what's going on out there, and I'm going to share my personal story on Breaking Into Next. Breaking Into. Breaking Into. Breaking into. I like it. That's right, folks. It's my song. It's my theme song to my show that I recorded. It will be available uh, sometime next month, I think. I'm going to be able to single. Hi, welcome to Breaking Into. I'm your host, James Lodge Jr. here on Black Hollywood Live, and welcome to the show today. I'm so glad to be back with you guys. It's our second episode of the fourth season. We're working a little bit, chugging along there, and I am in good enough health to talk to you guys. I say that because we're going to talk about mental health today, and that's something that's very, 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 very important. And I have a returning guest that I just always feel safe with her and have love to have her on the show, of course. Um, she is Epiphany Talk Radio. I've been on her show, actually. We had a good yes. time. We had a good talk there. She's a licensed clinical social worker and a therapist, and she has the founder of Epiphany Counseling here in Southern California. Uh, you're in San Pedro, right? San Pedro. Yeah, San Pedro. Mm-hmm. And she's been on this show several times. I've been on her show. She's done my podcast. It's my sister in arms, my Yumi Kinley. Hi, yes. my Yumi. Hi. Welcome Thank you for having me back. Yes, he did cheering for so you. Down, everybody. Down. <laughs> She'll be here for a little bit. Down. <laughs> yes, welcome. Um, we are on BHL, which is Black Hollywood Live. We are on iTunes. We're on we're on uh, SoundCloud, and we're on YouTube. So you go to Breaking Into, which is on their front pages. Mm-hmm. You can go there and like, subscribe, share, comment, rate. Do all of that. Yes, I'm asking you a lot of you, but do it. It takes like five seconds. Do it. And you can follow our Facebook page, Breaking Into, which I also do more about our guests on the show and more topics about what's going on in Black Hollywood. So you can go there and look mm-hmm. at that, too. And, of course, you can follow me at James Law Jr., where all they're sold. And follow her at Epiphany Talk. Yes. Epiphany Talk Radio on Twitter and Epiphany underscore Mayumi on Instagram. I and your know. show is on Tuesdays? Tuesday nights That's now. Right. So it was right. Saturdays. Now yeah. it's Tuesday nights from yeah. 8 p.m. to 9 yeah. p.m. I know she had a nice little studio. We had a good, we had a good time. That yeah, was fun. We did organizing. Yes, we told organizing. <laughs> we did. Which, that's a big thing. Right now, since, since we did that show, it's a big thing right now because that whole Marie Kondo thing and the tidying up and yeah. this chick is on. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I'm, I'm in like demand everywhere in my organizing life. That's another story. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, I want to do before we start give a special shout out to Luke Perry who passed away mm-hmm. from complications from a stroke. He was 52. Many of you know him, of course, from Now Don't You Know, but of course he was also on, on Riverdale, which was a CW. Mm. And I knew him because he had um, kids that went to the same school as one of my nieces in oh. Culver City. Um, and we actually, and he was a nice guy. Kennedy came to events, and he was at the graduation of my niece's graduation. He was a nice guy, just yeah. a really nice guy, so very sad. Mm-hmm. And also another guy uh, from a group called Prodigy. We were from the 90s. He had a song called Spack That Bitch Up. Um, <laughs> that's one of the big hits. But he, Keith Flint passed away also, and he was 49 years old. So they're all around my age. It's kind of crazy. Wow. Um, kind of crazy. Young. Very young. And he passed away also. So shout out to his family and friends and everybody that was there for them. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, you know, right now it's just people are, you know, we got to live life and be grateful, I think, right? Live it to the fullest. Yeah, yes. live it to the fullest every day, right? And we do, both of us do. I know we do. <laughs> so I want to, so I just want to open uh, Miami with, um, Another thing happened. Another guy who was 52 years old, who passed mm-hmm. a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago, was Christoph St. John. We're going to show actually his, his celebration was today, his homegoing, as mm-hmm. some of us call that. Uh, it was today here in Los Angeles. And he passed away. He had some mental issues because his son had killed himself a few years wow. ago. Yeah. Son Julian. And his son Julian was an artist and was diagnosed with some stuff. And, and there's us at the Emmys. We went to the daytime Emmys last year, and he was just like the nicest, I wow. mean, the nicest guy. My purple suit, that was like the big deal back then. <laughs> um, and he saw, when he saw me on the red carpet, he, I, was, I was one of the people on the red carpet. He saw me, and he goes, bring it, like, like, bring it back like Prince. He pointed at me. And I was like, I'm right here. Yeah, I'm here. Purple's all in. <laughs> and it's funny. I want to give a shout out to Fashion Forward in Culver City at the, I call it Fox Hills Mall, but I know it's called Westfield in Culver City. No, yeah. I still call it Fox Hills Mall. Um, and so he saw the suit, and it was like, uh, and so they, so he's like, okay, I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that was backstage. Wow. And we talked for like 15 minutes. He held my hand all the time. We were talking, and he was just like, and I said, I told him, I said, welcome back. Mm-hmm. And he was like, for some, that reason, some reason that really touched him. I said, mm-hmm. welcome back. Because mm-hmm. um, it was good to see he had taken some time off, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was just nice to hear. And isn't that, and I want to ask you, isn't that nice? People, some people need to hear that sometimes, don't they? I think we take for granted how being kind, saying some kind words could really make someone's day. You never know what a person is going through in life. And so taking the time to talk, taking the time to make eye contact, taking the time mm-hmm. to say, you're important to me, those yeah. things make a big 
difference. Sometimes we get too busy to pay attention to the small things. I always say I love you to my mother and my daughters when I got the phone. Mm. Every time I may talk to my mom like ten times that day, and I say I love you. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm. I just say it. I just, I just. You I have mean, to. You, have you to, just right? never know. You just never know. You Life don't. is short, but yeah, definitely condolences to all the family members. Though. Yes, and he was a major part of of Young and the Restless. He was a child actor who was on shows like That's My Mama and Bad News Bears and Happy Days. Yeah, um, he's been around for a long. He's also on a, on a groundbreaking show called Generations. It was the first soap that was an interracial soap. It lasts only a couple of years. Wow. And it co-starred, who played his father, guest on the show, James Reynolds, who's been playing Abe Carver for 100 years on Days of Our Lives. Wow. They all kind of did this kind of show. It was black and white family. There were two major families, and they came together. And, wow. But it didn't last that long. It was, but it was ahead of its time, I think. I mean, now we have haves and have nots. Right, stuff we have all, yeah, yeah. 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 But I think it was ahead of its time. and It didn't last, but it was groundbreaking. He was part of that, too. And I, and I just want to talk about... I know grief, we were saying this before you came on, grief is a whole different animal. I mean, you can do a whole show on grief or something different. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, just in general, I mean, kind of tell folks there. It is Grief is hard to get to work through grief, over death. Grief is hard to get through. And also, I think people, one, people in pain who are grieving want it to be over with. I have clients ask me all the time, when is this going to end? I'm tired of feeling this way. You know, how long does this take? What do I have to do to get over it? And I don't think you ever get over losing someone that you care about. And people may make you feel that way. Another challenge is family. family Family a year later is like you're still crying over that, yeah. or they're in the better place. You know, you're still feeling sad about it, and so a lot of times people can feel a lot of shame or they feel judged, wow. right, by this, yeah. and then that's more judgment on yourself. Well, why haven't I gotten over it? And there's no such thing as getting over a loved one. Like you learn to live life without that person physically here. That's it. There's no getting over someone you really, really love and care about. You know, dying and no longer being here. You just I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because I, you know, obviously I lost a brother two years ago and I miss him every single day. Yeah, because yeah. I just do. I mean, it's just and it's and it's little, and that's the thing you don't talk about. The initial blast, so to speak, you find out they're dead. Mm-hmm. That that of course that hurts. That's tough. But it's like it is the two years later. It's the three years later when mm-hmm. it's just the everyday stuff. Like uh, something happens. Like. Yeah, I was, it was a little funny, a little gossip stuff will happen. I'll go, oh, my God, I got to call Matt. And, I, and I'm like, oh, he's yeah. not there. I want to text. Oh, I can't. Oh, when yeah. he was come back today, she came back today on her show. I've mm-hmm. been gone. And I, wanted, I, wanted, I, I would have texted him about that. Mm-hmm. We would have mm-hmm. a good little kiki over that. Right. And that doesn't make people crazy. People feel like something's wrong with them. This person has been a part of your life for most, you know, many, many years. Or even if it is someone who, you know, was really, really young, unfortunately. Those things, it's it's a total change in life. And then as you go through, you get married, you have kids yourself, you graduate, you you know, you have all these life milestones that happen. And you want that person there. Um, So... There's no such thing as just forgetting about them or getting over it. I, you know, I have people who talk about, I don't know, I was doing good. I was doing fine. And then all of a sudden, I broke down. I feel like I'm starting all over again. And it's like, that's not the case. Um, I call them grief attacks. Sometimes me and my clients call them grief attacks where maybe you have a few months where you're doing okay. What You know, you're not crying every night or you're at peace with the thought that the person is longer here. And then all of a sudden, you bust out crying and, you know, you're very emotional and you're human. It's called, you know, being human. Um, I don't know if there's a a, there is not a quick remedy to just, you know, getting over someone. And you miss the person. You care about them. Please allow yourself to be human. I like that. Grief attacks. That, that does happen. That does happen. Yeah. Um, and you're right, because yeah, you start thinking, well, I mean, I should be done by now. Like, there's a level. It's, a, it's like there's like a sell-by date or something, and there yeah. isn't really, is there? There's no, there's no date. It may become... When you hear people say it gets easier over time, I, I even hesitate to use the word easier. I think you um, become more used to the person not being there. So your routines, you have routines that develop and get in place. And maybe you develop other ways of connecting, whether it be visiting them or talking to them or journaling. Um, but I don't know if it actually gets easier. You just become. More... I don't say closure anymore. I don't I don't think mm-hmm. I don't get closure from people who are dead. I mean, I just think I just think it's one of those things. It's just like I don't. I don't need closure either because I don't want to forget about them anyway. But I mean, they're one example for me. How many brothers do you have, James? It's a question you get asked all the time. Like, how many mm-hmm. brothers do you have? You meet somebody, and I'm used to saying a certain number, mm-hmm. and then I'm, I have twenty. Okay, um, <laughs> but then I was like, do I include him? That would be a personal choice, right? But mm-hmm. it was, but, 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 some but it was something you actually had to think, think about, about, right? Some people right. would say, well, no, you ha- they're asking you how many brothers you have alive. Mike, well, not, they didn't say that. They didn't say a lie. They didn't right. say that word. And then it's like, well, like you said with guilt and shame, well, can I mm-hmm. still say he's still my brother? I mean, he's just not on the earth. Yeah, he's, he didn't stop being your brother. <laughs> he's just right. no longer, you know, here on this earth. 
Right, right. That's, right. that's what I thought. It's like saying, you know, I mean, that's, 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 yeah, I like that. But, but grief, I'm glad you say grief is something that you should be allowed to feel all the emotions mm-hmm. whenever they come up. Mm-hmm. Because I think people on the outside don't recognize that it means different things for different people. So, for example, you know, for the, the, the guy that you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, to have a son commit suicide, that's a very different grief process than watching someone grow older and, you know, natural, you know, naturally right. grow older and get sick. Or even if someone is diagnosed with an illness, you right. know, even if it's unexpected. Sometimes there's some time to plan and yes. kind of wrap your head around it. But when that person takes their own life, that's a diff- that's a totally yeah. different grief process, especially as a, a parent. I can only imagine the thoughts that go through your head, Ugh. the woulda, coulda, shoulda, right. what what if, you know, you're pondering. And right. so um, it's just definitely a difficult, difficult process. And then, you know, for others, you know, if it, the person was the breadwinner of the family, you know, they took care of everything. You know, you have to start life over if they were the go-to person in the family for advice. Um, so it really shakes up the whole family dynamic and family system. System. So there's so many yeah. different aspects. Like yeah. you said, we could do a whole show on that. Uh, we, probably, we probably will one day. <laughs> that's a whole other, that's a whole other story. <laughs> and so, and I, so I give a, a just final shout out to Mia St. John, who is his ex-wife. Um, she's a boxer. And so she has, she's been, if you follow her on Twitter, she's been trying to get mental, mental illness awareness out there yeah. in his name and in her son's name. And I mean, in Julian's name. Mm-hmm. So um, he leaves behind two young daughters. And a fiance, so my heart goes out to all of them. Definitely, I, I, just, I could have. I have. I have kids and grandkids. I couldn't even imagine yeah. losing that. That's just, especially when it comes to something like that. Just losing a period is I wouldn't couldn't even imagine. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's okay for and you can get help. Right, therapy is good. I mean, it can work. Yes, healthy ways of coping. Healthy mm-hmm. ways of coping. I think people think therapy is oh, when you're crazy. You know, we hear all these negative stigmas. You know, television. Um, doesn't really help with that, some television shows and movies. Um, but it's an opportunity for healing. And I just posted something like that today. Um, you know, therapy is an opportunity to heal from emotional wounds. Other than that, the emotional wounds really sit in the driver's seat of your life and dictate behaviors. They can Im- negatively impact relationships. And everybody deserves a high quality of life. I mentioned that on the show the last time I was here. Yes, so yes. please, you break your leg. You don't sit there and do nothing. You <laughs> right. you go you go to the hospital. Right. You know, if someone you love is sick or complaining of a stomach ache or heart problem, you rush them to the ER, but yet many of us are hurting every single night from a broken heart, from the loss of someone, not are feeling depressed, feeling anxious, or not knowing what's going on, and yet we continue to suffer in silence, and it's just so unfair. Great analogies, and it's true. It's very true. Um, hi to everybody who's watching live. I suppose if we were watching live, <laughs> say something. Say hi. I know you guys are in there. So if you have a question, remember to say something. So this show, I titled this show, Breaking into Mental Health Crisis. We are in a crisis, aren't we? Yes. We are. I mean, I, yes. I, I feel it. I just feel like so many of my friends are taking their own lives or mm-hmm. they're stressed out and they're getting ailments. Like, I got Bell's palsy, which we'll talk about a little later. Um, people are, it, it's a crisis, isn't there? It's a crisis. I think, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that more more awareness, I feel, is slowly okay. coming okay. around. You have okay. people like Taraji, Kendra yes. Lamar, people who are really speaking up, especially in, you know, communities of color about mm-hmm. mental illness. So hopefully, I think over time, the stigma will slowly be yeah, broken. eradicated. Hopefully, yes, okay. definitely. Okay. Um, however, we are in a crisis. So many people are hurting, and just with the internet and media, we're exposed to so much so fast. I mean, now you know something happens, you know, two thousand miles away, and you're flooded. You know, your phone is flooded with this, and you get all of this negative information. But how are you processing it? You know, when do you take time for yourself? And so, I think a lot of people don't recognize that their mental health is just as important as your physical health and any other <laughs> any other health aspect. It's just as important yes. in your job or school. Yeah. But for some reason, because we can't see our brain, we forget it's an organ. So. Sound bite right there. Love it. <laughs> love that right there. Sound bite right Your there. Your brain love is it. an organ too. It, it is. controls everything else. So why are we not taking you know That's the so most true. care of it? That's so, oh my god. You take just, tums for a stomach ache, but you won't go to therapy for feeling for feeling sad. It's really. I just had an epiphany. See what I did there. I see. That's why I named it. <laughs> exactly. I did. I just did. I I actually I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I do. That's God. It's so it's so good. That's why I have you on my show. Because mm-hmm. um, I want to talk about just people. We're talking about regular folks, folks like us that don't, that don't have any kind of diagnosed problems or whatever, because uh, there are people who have diagnosed issues and things like that. But we're talking about people like us who go through some tough times and have a hard time. We get to deep places, mm-hmm. dark places. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to talk about today. It's like that's where, that's where I see the crisis happening, and some folks are not getting out of it. 
Yes. Well, if you're not getting out of it, then that's where, you know, we always talk about when do you know to ask for help? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I know if this is just me going through something really quickly? And how do I know when I really need to seek help? One, I think it's any time to seek help, whether you're feeling bad for two days or two weeks. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. You learn some life skills. You learn some healthy ways of coping. Um, However, when you start to talk about weeks and weeks, then we're moving into what many would define as a diagnosis, which is the label. Yes, people get, you know, so afraid of these things. But that's when you're moving into mental health issues or challenges. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So I want to share my story. So I've talked about this a little bit on some of my shows. Um, I was I've been documenting my journey, as you know, you've been following Mm -hmm. me. And Mm -hmm. so if you do follow me online, I've been documenting journey. Um, actually, uh, yesterday it was eight months I was diagnosed with Bell's palsy. And we're going to show a picture of me from the various stages of what I, what I looked like. This is the physical part. I just want to kind of show people, kind of people want to know what is Bell's palsy. Mm-hmm. I'm my crusade now is talking about Bell's palsy. People yeah. are getting it all ages. All ages. You didn't get it? All ages. Okay, I'm going to send, I have, luckily I have it on this phone. I can send it to you. <laughs> Um, but yeah. it's so interesting because when that. I saw yeah. your picture on Instagram, yeah. I had a, a colleague of mine not too long ago be diagnosed with the same thing, just from stress, you know, doing too many things at once, not really taking care of himself. I just posted about self-care. Self-care, <laughs> it's self-care. It's so, so important. And I woke up one day with his face paralyzed, you know, same, same mm-hmm. thing and never heard of it in his life and totally gave him a different perspective. So health is wealth and mental health is a part of that and how you take care of yourself is a part of that. So it's really, 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 really important. You said health is wealth. I like that. <laughs> So is it shows that after buzz again? Like that, it should be sent. Yeah, and that's I didn't, that's why I didn't finish it. <laughs> I was like, okay, because um, I have it here. It didn't it didn't come through to you guys? I guess here we go. So it should be sent, being sent to you. But we're, we're going we're to tell my story so you can Good. show it anytime. Um, so actually, I never I didn't tell you this, Epiphany. Oh my god, let me see if I can get this, I can get this out. <clears throat> so I was diagnosed with Bell's palsy, mm-hmm. and what that means is my cranial nerve behind my ear got inflamed and Mm. it got swollen but also it collapsed Mm. my left side of my face was completely paralyzed so that means my eye my nose this side of my mouth it's really weird because not your whole face it's just half your face um my neck uh i went in and so i went to the doctor right away i I found i woke up not feeling right i couldn't say certain words Mm -hmm. and my mom had to have bell's palsy a mild case and she said, stick your tongue out. And I'm a former nurse, too, and I knew I remember your tongue was off. It was, off to the, it was like it couldn't stick it out fully or whatever. It was like it was kind of weird. So I went, so go to a doctor again. Go to a doctor. They tested me for a stroke because this is something you should know. If you start, if you begin to have a stroke, within the first six, seven hours, it can sometimes reverse the effects or slow oh, them wow. down. So it's just good, again, go to a doctor, get it checked out. Um, but for me, I went to a doctor, and they tested me for a couple of hours, and it turns out my face started to droop. And so they're like, oh, you have Bell's palsy. So they give you a cyclovir, they give you a prednisone, a steroid for a couple of weeks. You take that. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. It's your face. The nerves in your face, they all collapse. But the nerves in your face do come back. Mm-hmm. Well, for most people. I did some research. But it's like a memory foam. I always mm-hmm. think of memory foam mattress. Like, it goes away, but then it, it, and then it, then it does it, and mm-hmm. it comes. I just, I, just, I just sent it there. I don't know what happened. It should come to you. If not, then I'll just I'll post it online. You can show it because I did. I just I just sent it to that. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, and uh, and so they they told me this is here. Here's the, here's the number one lie. I'm going to tell you folks. They're like, oh well, you, you'll, you'll be you'll be paralyzed for a couple of weeks and then you'll be fine. And then you'll be fine. That's what I was told. And I was like, okay. They said, don't you know? Stop everything. So I stopped. I actually had a show to do here. I had a show to do. I was gonna, you know, who I was gonna interview, and she's coming on the show um, in a few weeks, a few months. Darcel, the dancer from Solid Gold, <laughs> and she has a good story. She had a book out, and she has a good story. And mm-hmm. I, and that day, I was supposed to have her on the show, mm-hmm. and I had to cancel the show because wow. I couldn't talk. Wow. I couldn't do anything, and it's really weird. So the first month, they tell you don't stress the health. <laughs> Don't stress out. Don't stress out, but you can't use my face. It's you can't sneeze, you can't cough, you can't um, spit. I can't. You can hardly eat. It's it's weird how so many things. Oh, there it is. So many things go away when half your face doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Also, a major thing is my eye wouldn't stop watering. Mm. 
And for I get an eye patch. So we're going to show you a picture. There's me, my various stages of Bell's palsy. That's over that's over a three-month period, four-month period. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like I'm a pirate. I always say the first couple looks like I'm a pirate. But I was swollen. My mouth went down, turned. Um, and I couldn't really see out of that eye. I couldn't think clearly because mm-hmm. it's a brain thing. I had an earache that just would not go away. Um, and it was really it was really tough. So that first month was hard. The second month got harder because I was realizing I started doing more research and talking to other doctors. Sometimes mm-hmm. second opinion is good. Mm-hmm. That for some people, Bell's palsy is as unique to the individual. Mm-hmm. And by me stopping everything, because it's about stress. And what we're saying, stress is what kills most people anyway at this point. Is that oh, gosh, yeah. Stress, people don't realize the connection between stress and physical health. Uh, and uh, phys- I'm sorry, stress, physical health, and your mental health, they all work together. So did you know that not taking care of your mental health, there's research that shows that severe mental illness, if not cared for, can cut tw- 10 to 20 years off of your life. And go. think about, I mean, think about when you're stressed. Most people get migraines, they get upset mm-hmm. stomach, they feel like their chest is hurting. Oh, you're raising my blood pressure. But we still don't make the connection between physical health, mental health, stress, all of these things, how they work together. Um, but they are directly in, impact one, they directly impact one another. And so, yeah. yeah yes. Definitely. And for me, because there's several ways to get Bell's palsy. One is Lyme disease. So if you get a deer tick, you're somewhere, and I wasn't near one, but if you're near a woods or whatever mm-hmm. and get a deer tick, check for that. That can help it happen. And then extreme stress. Mm-hmm. Sometimes pregnancy. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine got it because he was getting married and he was stressed out before the wedding. <laughs> and oh, he's, gosh. And still like, and still like five <laughs> okay. years later, he still, his eyes still droop. I guess, like, and that's why I learned. Some people, they, they have, my mother had a fast recovery. Mm-hmm. They had a problem. There are others who are still going through it. It's like three or four or five, six years later, some form of it. Wow. So I'm just telling people out there, you don't want to get it because once you get it, and it's onset, there's no real big warning. The the um, the earache they said is possibly a warning because mm-hmm. I had an earache that day yeah, before. Yeah, but no one's going to think, oh, I have an earache. I may be no. having a, a facial stroke. No, yeah. Most people aren't no. going to think that. No, not at so, all. So for you, when you found out and the doctor said, do nothing, I want to know what that was like for you. You know how I am, and most of you guys know how I, I am. That's why I want to know what that, what that was like for you. I think because it's a very good question. I think because my face was going paralyzed. It took, the paralyzation happened over a four day period, mm. so it started, and I helplessly watched it get more and more paralyzed. It was one of the scariest things in my entire life, and what, I think seeing that and feeling that it wasn't hard at all to stop. Okay, I because got you, can, you can physically see. The, yeah. yeah. No, okay. I got scared straight, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, okay, stop everything." So literally, it was making phone call. Well, I couldn't talk on the phone, so doing text, email, saying, "I can't do this this week. I can't do this next week. I'm not sure. I got Bell's palsy." I, got, I literally, I, what I did, you know, what I did because I'm an organizer in my other life. I typed up a one paragraph sentence and just kept sharing it and changing names. Mm-hmm. And just said, "We got to, re- we got to just change everything later." Mm-hmm. So that first month, I was fine. I was okay. like, "Okay, I get it. I got. It. I'm trying to get. Better. My focus was getting better. Right, eating the right foods, which is everything rich in vitamin B12 and B6." Um, which also includes egos, <laughs> ego waffles. Um, that's, they're, they have they're enriched with vitamin B. So it's kind of crazy. I found all kind of stuff, um, asparagus, all that kind of things. But anyway, um, but it, I got scared straight. I think I think if I ha- if it wasn't that severe, you probably would have been would have stopped a few things and kept mm-hmm. on going to another couple of things. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I do like twenty different things. So I was like, I but I was like, I was recording an album. Stopped recording the album. I was writing a book. Stopped writing. I stopped everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally laid down. and said, rest actually is your best friend. Mm-hmm. With many illnesses, it is. But this was particularly because you're. I was over. I was overly stressed. So mm-hmm. it's like you need to clear your brain. Mm-hmm. And you've we talked about it on the show before about how they ways to clear our brain and just kind of like you have to do. You have to do it. Self care. Self care. Self care. I was yeah. forced into it. When you reflect now, are you able to identify when you when you when your cup was overflowing? Yep, it wasn't work because everything I'm doing in work I love so much <laughs> that I lucked out. It was my personal life. <laughs> I was feeling I had lost so many people in my life um, in the last couple of years. My my godmother, my grandmother, my dog, fifteen years, my brother, three of my best friends, all like within mm-hmm. the last two years. So, was, so I, I lost like eight, nine people I was close to, not just peripherally or just mm-hmm. like acquaintances. There were people I was close to. So I wasn't, and even though I cried when each of them died, I didn't fully 
deal with it. Mm-hmm. I just kept going. And it kept piling on like another death, another death. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I got, I, so I was piling on myself, I was doing it my, to myself. I was like, another death. And I got six deaths now. And I got seven deaths. Like, and I, just, mm-hmm. I, don't have time to, I don't have time to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just in personal life, just like just dealing with stuff, I could tell it was just like it was just literally. Well, that and usually when we have a lot of that we that is outside of our control. So when we're losing people, we it's not anything that we can really right. do about it. We usually subconsciously shift to focusing on what's in our control, and it's like oh, I can do this book, or I can write right. this song, or I can mm-hmm. do this at work. And so it's a healthy. Well, yes, it can be it healthy can be. of yeah. underbalance, yeah. but good stress is still stress. It's still stress. It's still stress. And I think I think and but I think so I, so that was happening, mm-hmm. and I think also yeah because I was working a lot mm-hmm. but just it just I mean, you know I was enjoying myself that added to that and then I was heavily overweight I didn't look bad I didn't look sloppy or bad or anything but I was 303 pounds mm-hmm. so I mean that's just so and that's, yeah physical health so my blood pressure was high mm-hmm. and my eyesight was bad I mean, just, there were just things that were going on I was I was eating I was starting to eat better before that I went on a, on a weight loss kind of journey mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't there yet, and I was I was sliding here and there. I mean, I was like, oh, I'll have some I'll have some fries today, some nacho fries. Screw that. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, I have nacho fries all week. But no, I mean, it's like I once I got that, then it was like, ooh, okay. So that was all that was coming as a culmination. It came together, and I can tell you that that month before I got Bell's palsy, I was very stressed. Mm-hmm. I could tell. I just know I was stressed, just stressed in general. Mm-hmm. I could tell. And How then, could you tell? Getting home and just being extra extra tired. Just like super, like my brain was hurting a little bit. I didn't get headaches. I really got any headaches, um, but it was just like I was so just like t- exhausted from the day, mm-hmm. and just and then coming home going, I have to make my own food right now. I don't want to make my own food, and so I'm like, and then stressing out about that because I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to order something, but I'll take like an hour to get here, and you know, screw Postmates, and you know, whatever. whatever. It's like, so then you so, so I have, irritability, irritability. Yes, that was happening with myself. I mean, but a lot of people don't realize when they're getting stressed, you start forgetting things. And I don't know if this was the case. People start forgetting things. They start making simple mistakes at work oh, or at home. Um, you know, you don't know where you put your keys. You know, maybe your boss or someone at work starts talking to you. Like, are you okay? Family is usually a telltale sign. They'll be like, is everything okay? I was tripping a lot. Like literally tripping? Like, tri- like oh. wait, y'all, y'all tripping too. I was tripping. I don't know. No, I was tripping. telling you you're tripping? Or was, were you like <laughs> physically tripping? <laughs> I'm just trying to clarify. I know we're on Black Hollywood Live, but yes, I exactly. want to make sure. I mean, there were cases I probably was tripping, but I was tripping. Yes, I was tripping. Mm-hmm. I was actually physically. I got big feet. I have size 14 shoe, so it's not that hard for me to trip. But I was. I start. I found myself not paying attention where I was walking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of weird because I always pay attention to what I'm doing, but I, I would trip a little more often. Mm-hmm. Not good. So that's what, that's what I that's what I knew something was wrong, and so. Month two happens, and I'm still paralyzed. I'm trapped in my body. And I'm heading towards month three because I got better, so I can get better month three. But I was saying towards me, I didn't tell you this. I haven't, I'm telling you this on camera. Uh, she has a lot of little videos she does and stuff that's kind of uh, just inspirational and just like little talks or whatever. But one day I was feeling really, 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 really like done because mm-hmm. my whole life revolves around my mouth. <laughs> And um, and it was really tough. I felt I felt like I wanted to end my life. Mm. And I and I felt, and you can speak to this, of course. I felt like I was too smart to feel that way. Mm. And so I, I was I was getting more pressure on myself not to feel that way, but I was feeling that way because I couldn't express myself the way I wanted to. I mm. couldn't write. I couldn't talk really fully. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually watched one of your videos. And it was something just really, like something was something about like just accepting that you have feelings. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Now I always believe that there's no coincidences. Mm-hmm. Um, that God sent me that direction. Sent me. I was scrolling on Facebook, and um, and your video basically saved my life. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. Can I hug you? Yes. <laughs> It, it did. It really. It really did. I just. It made me call my therapist. I'm glad you did. It did. It made, I, I felt really like like I was trapped in my body and I couldn't do anything. I was gonna say that has to be the most 
helpless. The feeling when, as I hear you talk, the feeling of helplessness is what comes up for me. Powerlessness, like what can you do? But kind of sitting, like you say, when your whole career revolves around your mouth and speaking, I can only imagine. But I think you bring up a good point because everybody has feelings. And I would venture to say almost everyone has thought about not wanting to live at some point in their life. And it becomes even more difficult because you're judging yourself I for was. having a feeling. I was. And that makes it even, even, even more challenging, even more challenging, because now not only do you feel bad, but now you're judging yourself for feeling bad, and then you're judging yourself for feeling, and then it becomes this vicious cycle. There's no such thing as being too smart right, thank you, to Charlie, feel a certain way. Um, there's no such thing as being, no, being aware of your feelings is what's most important, and it sounds like you were aware of what was going on for you. I'm glad you said that, because I, I had to tell myself, you know, it doesn't, smart's nothing to do, I mean, smart's dumb, nothing has to do with anything. It's, no, this is, that's a judgment. <laughs> feelings aren't right or wrong, they just are. It's what we do with those feelings that usually either bring us, that's helpful or hurtful, yeah. right? So, I, I, a person may feel suicidal, a person may feel like not continuing, that's your feeling, that isn't right or wrong. Now, how you carry that out, whether you call the therapist, whether you decide to drink, whether you, you know, do some self-medication, you know, self-medicating, things of those things, that was determines what's more helpful for you and more hurtful for you. And I'm so glad that you decided to call your therapist. And I'm sure there are many people out there that are because, um, you know, making, what do I say? You never make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. Yeah, and, I could, and I can only imagine, but I can only imagine how paralyzing that must feel, right? Mm-hmm. You talk, you're paralyzing your face, mm-hmm. but you, you, how paralyzing you must feel just physically um, and emotionally being in that state. And I feel people out there who have gone through something like this or mm-hmm. something similar where you feel like you're trapped in your body, mm-hmm. it's really hard because your brain is still going mm-hmm. almost like normal. Mm-hmm. And then, but your body physically can't do something. Mm-hmm. And I had to wear an eye patch because I couldn't close my eye. And it's like, it's a weird thing. You can't close your eye. It's just just weird. Well, it's a grief. We were talking about grief and loss earlier. And when we talk about grief and loss, people only usually think about the loss of someone. Oh, right. But what you lost was your life as you knew it. And that is a very, you know, that is a traumatic. So we talk about the five stages of grief. We talk about denial. Mm -hmm. Like, is this happening? You know, Mm -hmm. you know, the the bargaining. Okay, Lord, I promise I'll take it out. I I want no more nacho fries. (laughs) Right, right. I promise I won't do this. Just let me get my health back. And then you get into maybe anger, you know, angry with yourself. Why didn't I stop? You know, why didn't I pay attention? I need more self-care, depression. And then at some point you reach acceptance. But you, there was a loss. It was the loss of your job the way it was going at the time, your independence to a certain degree, the ability to talk you had a lot of loss in this one situation just piled on top of each other and you talk about that so you lost eight people mm-hmm. physically yeah. and then now you're losing you know the opportunity that how you carried out your career we knew you would eventually be able to talk even, right. but but your day-to-day life that's a huge mm-hmm. and to be a go-getter and have to sit you know, down I, I know you know, I know to be a go-getter and have to sit down yeah. is one of the most challenging things it was and i and i and i say this to people out there because i want people to know that you know, I'm a regular guy who never really thought of suicide before or any kind of stuff before. Um, and I've been through some traumatic things in my life. I'm also a victim of a, of a violent rape. That was years ago. I've talked about on the show mm-hmm. before and things. And But I, but this was like, this was different. This was something that was very much, I just felt like, what can I do? I'm like, there's no end game. Like, where, like, where, like when am I going to get better? Like when, mm-hmm. So that felt really helpless. Because mm-hmm. I normally, you take, usually you, something happens to you, you take these steps, you'll feel better. Chances mm-hmm. are. It may not be the same, but you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. This was like, you got this illness. It could be chronic for a while. We don't know how long it's going to be. And I'm still eight months in. I still today I have problems with my 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 my. Mm-hmm. I said I can't get it out. Mm-hmm. My uh, my nerves right now are acting up. And it's like, it's, but that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what you're describing is how some people who have um, severe mental illnesses feel. So I have them diagnosed with depression, and it's genetic, and it runs in my family. There is no end to it, what am I supposed to do? Or I'm diagnosed with bipolar disorder or, you know, grief, there's no end to that. So I think what you're describing, a lot of people will be able to relate to in the sense that when there is no end, especially we're in a a microwave society, Mm -hmm. we want to know how to fix things. And therapy in and of itself, when you're talking about healing from emotional wounds, that's a process. There is no A plus B. You see, there are things to make it better. And it sounds like you were reaching that point in your journey, like I I gave up the natural fries. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, I'm doing this, and it's still happening. Yes. But I would imagine that's a very scary place to be. And I want, I want to morph this into being a black man myself, a father, a grandfather. I'm a fixer. I do. I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. I can do it myself. I don't, I don't need any help. I can do it myself. I'm like, I'm like, and that's something that I, you know, we've talked about a little bit before, but a little bit. I want to talk about a little bit now. Speaking of just other black men out there mm-hmm. who don't get help, 
mental. Like I said, we go to the doctor, you hurt your leg. But like for me, I had, I had a therapist I was seeing before. I, I kind of I'm just kind of seeing. And then once this happened, I see, now I see her every week. But um, she was like, we can Skype, we can FaceTime. I know you can't come to the to the office. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you can't really talk, I had a chalk, I had a little whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she worked with me, and so Absolutely. and she was like, and, and therapists usually will do they'll work with you uh, as we know that. But mm-hmm. talk about that because most black men just they're like no therapy yeah. no therapy no doctors no. no. I think there's this huge distrust with the system in general, and when you talk about emotional health and going to therapy. You know, from a young age, most men don't cry, don't show feeling. You need to be a big boy. Oh, you're crying like a girl. You're yes. weak in all of these negative stigmas that they that cause them to not show emotion or not identify emotion. And then it comes out in different ways. It comes out in um, sexual promiscuity. It comes out in drinking. It turn, comes out in having to keep several people around you in order for you to feel important. It comes out in um, obsessing with cars or whatnot. You know, work overworking yourself. Um, we can go on and on forever but the point is this is what I tell people all the time therapy is an opportunity to have more control over how your feelings are expressed because feelings don't disappear Right. They're going they to come out. Oh, yes. They don't disappear. <laughs> One way or another. So whether it's a healthy way or an unhealthy way, whether you have some people who are obsessed with going to the gym. Going to the gym can mm-hmm. be a coping skill. I'm, but yeah. when your life is around it and you don't feel good and it impacts your body, you know, all, and body image issues and all of that, that's a way of unhealthy coping. So I think what happens, especially in communities of color, black men are told all of their life. You know, you don't. You need to be quiet. Don't cry. Don't cry. You got to take care of the family. All yes, of this, not yes. recognizing that a key to being able to be successful at all of this is being able to at least identify. And we're not talking about sit around and be depressed all day and don't do anything. What we're talking about is taking time out to identify how you feel, process what's going on, so that you can handle it in a healthy way. How can you be present with your kids and present with your wife and be a provider if you're not able to understand what's happening for yourself internally? How can you think straight? How can you make the best decisions? And so I'm hoping that the news of mental health gets out so that people can understand that this is no different. But then when you talk about the physical doctor, a lot of men, you hear people say, I don't want to know. Right. I don't want to know. If it's something bad, I don't want to know. I'd rather live my life happy and not know about it. But how many, I can't tell you how many clients have came into my office because a family member did not go to the doctor soon enough. And something could have gotten prevented. And it, you don't know. The, it, it, I, I promise you it causes your family so much turmoil. And it's a totally different type of grief when it's like, well, if dad would have just went to the doctor. He could have been with us six years. Why didn't he do that for us? Or if uncle would have just went to the doctor, he could have been here longer. We could have caught it. But he didn't want to go. And I begged him to go. I told him, you know, this it's, it's, it's really hurtful for your family to find out, you know, that news that, you know, had they went in sooner, they could have had some type of treatment. And so something to really, really think about. We really need to break this whole stigma yeah. of, you know. Not not caring yes. for ourselves. That's very true, and I'm glad you brought that up. The, the, the people you know, that might because I have people might I was about to put them on blast. Mm-hmm. Um, some male members of my family who probably need to go to the doctor, and they just not. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I will have to wait and see what happens. I can't force. I mean, they're grown folks. I can't force them to do anything, right? But right. it's like I just encourage people who have that mindset to think of your family. Yes, it's it's a really hard process when someone passes away and they find out why they are they forced to go to the doctor because they passed out or something, mm-hmm. and now you're in the ER and you know you're getting information on something that have been caught sooner. It could have been treated, and if you're feeling bad physically, I promise you, it's affecting you mentally and mm-hmm. emotionally. I agree. Now, I'm going to switch gears a little bit, but it's on the same kind of token, and this could be for, I know a lot of women are going through this. Mm-hmm. Instagram, social media, especially, especially Instagram, more so than Facebook and Twitter and whatever else is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, how do people, people can cope? A lot, a lot of regular folks are losing their minds mm-hmm. because they don't look like so-and-so. Because they don't have the butt like so and so, and the hair like so and so, and or or the lifestyle like so and so, and it's happening. I mean, I mean, regular folks. I know people who just like. I mean, like, who never for and would never even thought of, are actually ending their lives or or just or drinking themselves to death because they or or in the gym cleaning themselves to mm-hmm, death to mm-hmm. try to look like Kim or Chloe or whoever. I mean, whoever the person or or some Instagram or some Instagram model that's on there of some sort. Comparison kills. There you go. That's all I can say is because um, when I have clients, I share with them, you're comparing your life to who? You're not pretty in comparison to who? Right. You know, you're not rich enough in comparison to who? <laughs> there's always someone different. Right. Um, there's always someone who someone thinks is beautiful and someone else thinks they're all right. You know, there's, mm-hmm. you know, so if we're comparing ourselves, especially when it gets to comparing lifestyles, 
oh, you just seem you have it together. You you know mm. you, you you don't know my life. You know. Right. Second and secondly, you know, unless someone has walked in your shoes, you know, you might have overcome obstacles. And for you and your journey, you are you are amazing. You're exactly where you need to be. You don't know if Jenny's obstacles were the same. Maybe she hasn't reached her obstacles yet. Mm-hmm. But doing this comparison is just only makes you feel worse about yourself. This goes back, and that, that could be a whole other show for you. Yeah, I know, I know too, yeah. Because the, the bottom line is people are filling voids with pictures and mm-hmm. expectations. When you need to really get a grasp on who you are, find out what makes you happy, mm-hmm. you know, who are you without all of these things, and that's... That once you have fulfilled that, then all of the rest is just extra, you know. But people create lives; they live vicariously through Instagram. Well, I would say, I, and I'm glad you said mm-hmm. it. I would say, people. I mean, you know, we we put our best on there, mm-hmm. and I purposely, since I've got Bill's policy, I put things up there all the time that are not the best. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle some stuff in there that's like some real mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Almost said it, but I didn't say it. <laughs> real S. Mm-hmm. But I put it on there because I say, and, and, and I, I mean, I get as many likes, but I don't care. I want it out there. I kind of want, I don't want to be negative online, but I also don't want to be super positive where it's fake. Right. And right. that's what people are doing. People are, you said, are creating the, you can be wherever you want to be online. Right. Thank you. You can be whoever you want. Right. You can have the life you want. Right. <laughs> you can be whatever location you want exactly. to be. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I friends always say, my internet age is, I'm like, my yeah. age is my age. I'll be fifty years old in a few months. I'm, I'm all. I don't. I don't hide ages and all that kind of stuff. But if you think about how much energy you put into trying to put yep. the best selfie or to create this life online, if you actually put that energy into investing in yourself or investing in your dream or investing into something that is going to benefit you, then I wonder how much you know. That has to be hurting in general. Our mental health. This all this social media. It has to be. I mean, we won't, we won't we won't know you know major things until probably years later. But I'm sure in the therapy world, I mean, you guys have probably talked about it. Definitely, self esteem. Yeah. Just the whole addiction to your phone. I mean, yeah. look at your phone. Most phones have a setting where you can see how how much screen time that you've been yeah, on your tell, phone. Tell, yeah. It's it's your wasting. Life, you don't get minutes back, so be mindful of those things. Especially if you're just, it's different if you're on there for research. I mean, the internet is a wonderful thing. Social media is yeah, a wonderful yeah, thing. Okay. I was speaking to someone the other day, and she was saying, "I love Instagram because you can be scrolling and just get knowledge." Can we can? Right? Okay, but okay. Be, be mindful of who you're following. So for every makeup go. tutorial, for every model you're following, make sure you're putting some positive quotes. Are you following someone within your field of work? If you have mm-hmm. a dream, I was telling one of my clients the other day, okay, you're following all these reality stars and all this mm-hmm. stuff. You want to be in the entertainment. How many producers are you following? See? Right? How many producers mm-hmm. are you following? While you're following Chris Brown fan page, you know, <laughs> who was the director of his dance in the last video? Follow that person. Mm-hmm. So... It's about keeping it balanced, mm-hmm. keeping it balanced and being mindful of who you're comparing yourself to. Because they have filters these days that will stretch you and give you a butt and all of that stuff. But <laughs> I don't, I mean, they, they will make your face skinny. You can change the color. Right. You can change your eye color. You can, you can. It'll even put makeup on you. So right. it's like, okay, all of this for what? We're becoming a society that is um, focused on instant gratification mm-hmm. and external stimuli. And we're forgetting about our internal being and wellness and our mental and emotional health. I have a couple of people in my life who are around my age and they are not on social media. Mm. And I'm like, they're probably the smartest people on earth. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are smart. I'm like, you're not on social media? I'm like, I'm like I, should, I mean, most of my stuff's work-related, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but or I'm always promoting myself because I'm just a whore online mm-hmm. about all my businesses and stuff. Well, people but, are good. But I'm saying, but people, they're not, they're not on at all. And they're Be happy. mindful of how you're feeling. If you spend 20 minutes scrolling through Instagram and you feel worse than you did <laughs> when you got on, who are you following? <laughs> right. what, and what's right. going on? And what right. do you think? Like, really think about that. Are you scrolling? Because, I mean, everybody's at a different place in life. I have people where everybody wants to college and I'm not there and they seem like they're doing great at their job and I'm just raising kids like everybody's journey is different mm-hmm. respect your journey that is the mm-hmm. that is the slogan for my nonprofit. respect your okay. journey it's so disrespectful to your journey to compare yeah. your to somebody else when you've been through your own heartache your own grief and loss your own family traumas and conflict and here you are disrespecting everything that you've been through because you're comparing it to somebody else's life and you have no idea what their journey was like it's so disrespectful to your journey. Don't do it. <laughs> I think it's disrespectful to your journey. Don't do it. Now, I, I, now it, it, this is something that I do on every show. And she's been on the show before, but I'm going to see if she has different answers. I always ask my guests the same T questions. 
mm-hmm. at the end. Um, and I'm going to ask you these questions that you've answered before. But I mean, who knows? Maybe you have some different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's see if I get the same time. answer. Okay, it'd be funny for the same answer. <laughs> I like I can look. Okay, so of course, folks, we have done this. We have this first, this is the first time to see the second time this season. I've done this. Um, I asked people because I love language, and language is very important. I know you like language, also. It's very important. So, what word? Or, and I've, I've expanded it. What word or phrase mm-hmm. should we not say anymore? What word or phrase should we not say anymore? Not say anymore. I should have. Oh, I like that. Okay, that's a, that's, a, that's a good one. That's a new one. That's good. I should have. Should have, would have, could have, should be eradicated. From yeah, you should never, should have, could have, yourself. It doesn't, it doesn't help. It just increases anxiety and depression. That does, doesn't it? And then what word or phrase should we say more of? More of. The first thought that came to mind was I can. Okay, I like that. I can. It's very, it's very important. It's underrated, but it's very mm-hmm. important. Yeah, yeah. I can, and it's okay. Those are the two things that come to mind. I can, because we're so quick to tell ourselves what we can't yeah. do in society. Tell, I mean, you really have to practice per, being on purposefully being positive because you have you go. I mean, pay attention from time yeah. you leave here till you get home. How many signs do you see that tell you overweight or you need to do this or you need to do that? How yep. many commercials come on? How many notices do you get on your phone about all the negative things happening in the world? So you need to be purposefully, you know, I can or I wonder or what if I can, and then it's okay. I feel this way and it's okay. You know, I'm going through this, and it's okay. I'll, I'll, you know, things will, things will change. See, I like that. I totally like that. Um, see, I know, I know, I know. I'm safe with you, girl. I know I am. I know, I know, I know I am, and that's why I love having you on the show all the time. No, I love thank working you. with you. And we go, we're going to do so now. That I'm getting back in business. There's some things we were talking about before I went on went on my break. Um, on your self care self care journey. Yes. Uh, that I want to continue with you. We're going to work on So just stay tuned. We'll walk you posting on stuff. Anything anything coming up? I know you have your show, of course, on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. You have some good guests coming up? Yes, and I'm looking for guests as well. Tell so them. spread the wealth, you know, mental health. So if you yourself are a clinician or an advocate for mental health, right. I'm looking for guests to come on. In addition, if you're a guest and you want to share your journey or your story, please do. You can email me at epiphanytalkradio at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at epiphany underscore myumi. M-I-Y-U-M-E. I'm sure he has it somewhere. Yeah. Um, and you can DM me and we can we can go from there. In addition, I launched a nonprofit, which I have some Please. wonderful interns. So the principle of the nonprofit yeah. is the break stigma associated with mental health. I like that. So we do a lots of groups. We do lots of workshops. We do lots of psychological education to family oh, members good. of those who are diagnosed with mental illnesses. Oh, so good. if you, you know, a lot of times family don't understand. You just sad, you right, know, or right, you need right. to pray more. You right. know, but yeah, we, that's, that's, yes. we, we're actually like educating family members so they can actually understand and know what to do to help because it is a very helpless feeling to watch someone you know diagnosed with schizophrenia or watch someone suffer and you're not quite sure what to do um and you know different outreach events and things of that nature so if you're interested you can go to www.healingandhopefoundations.com and whatever i can do to help i'm here dot org dot org healing and hope foundations with an s dot org and you can make a donation and or if you want to volunteer your time um there's volunteer applications on the website as well I want to help out. Yes. Let me know. I'll yes. do something for it with you, of course. I support that. And we'll post it also on the Facebook page, Breaking Into. I'll post all the links on there, too, so mm-hmm. you can kind of go there. And uh, thanks for affecting change in the world and in my Thank life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Thank, Thank you for trusting me. Thank you. Always. <laughs> not, even, not even a question at all. <laughs> and so this show, of course, you can find us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and YouTube. So you can mm-hmm. listen to us. Or look at us, one of the two. Um, but make sure when you, wherever you are, wherever you find us, follow. It's, I think some say follow, some say subscribe, some say like. Whatever that is, press that button. <laughs> press it. Also rate, comment. Tell me what you I like. I like the engagement. You know, tell me what's going on. If you want to talk talk to her more, or we have a question for her. Send it to me. It's fine. I'll send. It, I'll pass it on to her, and you can talk to her and do that. But when you're there, like it. And our Facebook page, like the page. Go ahead and like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see all kinds of things that are going on. I have some great guests coming on this season already. And I'm leading to my fiftieth birthday show, which will be March. I mean, no, sorry, May thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be. I'm going to have a big panel of guests. She'll probably be on the show with me there too. <laughs> We're going to talk about age and. Celebrate me. Yes. Can I ask you a question on yes. your show before we end? Yes. Okay. So I have a question for you. Or it's something that I want you to say. So for anyone out there who is struggling with depression or a similar situation as you, what would you tell them if they're like on the fence of getting help or reaching out to a therapist and they're not what would you say, what would you tell them? Good question. Don't get on get off the fence. Get help. And my here's my here's my thing. 
you can you can pick out therapists that work best for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just get one and stick with that person. If you don't, if you feel weird, don't like them, you don't mesh together, mm-hmm. it's okay. Find another one. Like don't mm-hmm. give up. If you, you can you can if you have to go through four or five therapists to find that one that best suits your needs and you feel the most comfortable with, mm-hmm. that's my biggest advice. Do it because I mean people same with doctors and everything. Just mm-hmm. you can feel comfortable with a therapist. Some you're telling your personal business. You're telling your you're telling your wants, your dreams, desires, mm-hmm. secrets, fears, mm-hmm. faults. You're telling you about all that. Find someone you can really connect with mm-hmm. that you feel comfortable with. It's okay to do that, but get off the fence and jump into the yard of therapy. <laughs> That's my like answer. <laughs> jump into the yard of therapy. Get off that fence. Because <laughs> for me, it, it literally had between her and my therapist, they have saved my life, and I see things in a clearer, um, more honest and realistic mode, but mm-hmm. I also see things in a more hopeful mode mm-hmm. than I did before. And I feel re-energized. I went away for three months, and I got back a month ago, a month and a half ago, and that was good, too. And you mentioned that your life has changed. I'm just yes. curious. We didn't, you didn't, well, maybe we could talk after. Well, well, I don't know how much time we have. I was well, just no. curious yeah. as to, like, how did your perception of life change after? Well, so we'll talk, we'll talk after. Yeah! I want to know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> it made me change everything. But I am James Lott Jr. <laughs> and, of course, the song you heard at the beginning of the show, you can find on my SoundCloud page right now, James Lott Jr. It will be released as a single. But this week, this Thursday, I have a song coming out with a group called it's called I Will Make It Through, which is my first song I wrote after Bell's Palsy. It's a dance song. I'm filming a video. Just like, just be scared. <laughs> but it'll be available on everywhere that music is sold. I mean, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Amazon. It's going to be everywhere. called I Will Make It Through, Chog and James Lott Jr. You can listen to it. And I have another song coming out next week um, called Kristen and Mary, two fans of mine. I made a, a fun song, and now it's become popular. So that's coming out on the 14th where all music is sold also. But they're all my music... All my poetry, all my commercials, everything that I do is on my SoundCloud page, James Lott Jr. And you can follow me where all James Lott Juniors are sold at James Lott Jr. and all social media platforms. I mean, I'm all over the place. I made it very simple for you guys. It's James Lott Jr. Except, yeah. I, th- except I think on Twitter, Jr. spelled out. Everything else is just the JR. It's James Lott Jr. everywhere else. Yeah. So I guess that's 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 the, that's the deal for there. <laughs> and of course, so I say again, breaking into you. Use the hashtag breaking into you on all social media platforms too. And so... Um, is somebody in the booth? Is somebody there? Hello? <laughs> What's going on? I'm like, uh... Oh, okay. I was like, I, was like, like uh, I, I didn't hear any music or anything. Um, I, lo- I love live television. I love this. And next week, I have a really good guest. He's a young artist uh, named Tommy Swisher. And he's actually a single parent, raising children, and trying to sing at the same time. Wow. That's our resiliency. That. Yeah, yeah. Tommy, he's Definitely. young. And he's going to be on the show. and going to talk to him about his life journey. It's going to be very interesting. That's next week. So thank you for watching the show. I'm Anna Genius. It's breaking into you, Black Hollywood Live, and we'll see you next time. Yes, yes, yes. On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.